You're listening to the Saturday Morning D&D Show with Jordan, the PH is silent, and Sir Lucian. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Saturday Morning D&D Show. My name is Jordan with a silent PH in the middle. We already have a donation. Thank you so much, Steve. <laughs> oh, we can't hear Lucian again. Dang it. Ah, oh, Lucian, what are you doing? It's my headphones. It's always my headphones. They change the thing back over. Okay, now we can hear Lucian. Hi. Oh my gosh, I am sorry. Ugh. You do it on purpose. You just want them to hear you. No, I, know I what's got. Going on. So my other headphones died, <laughs> and I got the these new headphones, and they are, uh, they're Razer, and they have their own, um. It's a USB interface that I'm forced to use. And with that comes a USB sound card. So when I plug it in, it switches over to another sound card. What I need to do and what I will do today is I will create a profile that is the default setting is that. And then I can hit a button on my stream deck and it'll be so awesome. (laughs) I just have to remember to hit that button. It'll be perfect. Oh, I feel so dumb. I am so sorry. Um, the show. Welcome to the show. There's Lucian. He's got a voice now. Uh, oh, he sweet. can talk. Um, and I don't even know. What are we talking about today? Yeah, he, I'm so he hides tired. me in the closet <laughs> until Saturday yeah. comes around. I don't even get to come out. And yeah, then yeah. he's not going to You guys aren't going to hear me either. Come on. <laughs> hey, speaking is a privilege. It's not a right. It's okay. Tr- you got it. So you got it. Yep. just I hear <laughs> be, be better <laughs> or something. I don't know. Anyway, uh, Strixhaven's coming out. December seventh. I mean, how and far that was is that delayed, away? wasn't it? Supposed to be in November, the end of November. I feel like it. I thought it was. Um, mm-hmm. they're they're plugging a lot for this book. They're doing lots of little like Saw some videos, videos yeah. here and there. Uh, I'm getting. I'm actually very excited about it uh, because I was it. I was rethinking or I was rereading Fizzbins, and they talk mm-hmm. a lot about the dragons, and then they brought the dragon lore from that into Strixhaven. Because the school of Strixhaven is run by dragons. Mm-hmm. Uh, it could be a lot of fun. And uh, I just love the idea of like a, a dumb magical school. I want to... Mm-hmm. If the adventure's crap, then I'll be like, okay, it's crappy. But like from everything I've heard, it sounds really cool. And mm-hmm. I actually canceled my Amazon pre-order uh to go and get a physical copy because the physical uh, copy is or the alternate cover is really cool and i decided yes. that if i have at least one alternate cover i can get another so i'm gonna go get the yeah. other one so and of the alternate covers to get that's a pretty good one because it's a book that is magic the gathering one so yeah. i could see where maybe those are the ones you have as your alternate yeah, covers but it's kind of separate your, your regular D&D ones, so they match on the shelf just right. The yeah. Theros uh, alternate cover was really pretty, too, now that I think about it. Yeah. Did Ravnica have an alternate cover? I don't think I it did. I don't think it did. Yeah. Still m- one of my favorite books of all time. Yeah. Just love it. But I'm, I'm excited for Strixhaven. I'm excited for being able to play Strixhaven, but then to, to lean into some of those tropes. Like, you could create a, a, a different school that's the rival of Strixhaven. Yeah. You could create the inner city version school that oh. <laughs> gets to go up against the Ivy League kind of school. So Strix, Strixhaven is that all East Coast Ivy League stuff. And then you bring in your your other schools and they're like the underdogs, but they get to win at some 
well, magical it, sporting event that you guys do, just like all kinds of my, cool storylines. My kids on brooms book, uh, or kids on brooms game, one shot that I ran, uh, was that we were like, oh, you know, you've got the Ilvermornies and the Hogwartses and all yeah. these other things. You guys are famous. You are the like. You know, yeah. South Street, blah blah blahs, <laughs> yeah. and you are not yeah. nobody state cares. sponsored, yeah, exactly, <laughs> barely funded, exactly. <laughs> um, and that was a lot of fun because it's like you, yeah. we could all do magic, but like we're not yeah. we're not rolling we're not Harry Potter rich here. So. Yeah, yeah, they they look down on you guys, but you get to come in and then you win the big dance competition or magic oh, yeah. competition or whatever it is. My my magical acapella group is gonna yeah. finally finally rise up throw throw the music in there i think that'd be good i i think there's a missing opportunity i think we've talked about this before total tangent all of the live plays for somebody to do an acapella challenge but it's D D, and the game revolves around them going around and battling using acapella songs and stuff or like isn't that just a rap battle i don't know sure but i think we it's talked D based i think we talked about yeah. Uh, a musical. A musical episode. Yeah. And I wish I had a reference for that because I, I am very, very sure that that has now been done. Somebody's think, done it? I think that they have. Like, they made, like, this is the musical. And it might have been the Dragon Friends, now that I think about it. Because uh, that would be really The Dragon fun. Friends, Especially if they... my favorite Australian actual live play. Yeah. It, they're really fun. Australians are awesome. Yeah. Especially if they really did it seriously but funny you know like like oh, they could well, actually this was sing. very serious this was very they funny could but, actually hold a tune and they could they, they're all yeah, comedians yeah. and okay, actors good, and stuff good. but they they were very much like you know the the story would would lead into being like oh tell, sing us about your feelings and then they'd be like oh gosh you know and they'd have to like come up with something on the fly and it and they yeah. had a they had a guy playing the piano to like follow along with whatever tune they decided to come up with uh but yeah it that. was the dragon friends now that i think about it so okay. you should you should listen to the dragon friends very good show because i could see i could see that being a real especially if you took strixhaven right uh -huh. and that's the thing they're battling choir groups or battling music groups from the different magical schools and you're playing magical stuff in your D D. but every now and then a musical number breaks out <laughs> i just think it'd be fun very cool it'd be cool i love it so we're both buying Strixhaven. You bought Fizbins. You skipped over Witchlight, or did you buy... Yeah, I wasn't going to buy Witchlight, but then I went to buy some Magic cards. And, nice. and it was on the shelf, and I just picked it up. Okay, um, so you did get that. I did get it. I haven't read through all of uh, Witchlight yet, which is sad. I've just been busy doing other things. I actually got... Um, I should have brought it over here. Uh, an Old School Essentials uh, campaign setting that I thought was really cool. And it's it's in the smaller book format, so it kind of lines up with the old school essential stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, but one of the things I thought was really interesting about it is they only used public domain art because they're like, we want to build this world. I want to put this out there, but I don't have money to hire artists. So they spent a long time looking at old fantasy and medieval art, and they, they found enough that looks similar, so it's not so jarring that it's like, oh, right. that is a completely different artist kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. uh, they all kind of have the same feel, and uh, I was just really impressed with that idea. So that was one of the reasons I backed it, to see, like, does that work? Like, yeah. could you build something using public domain images? And they did, and it looks really cool. 
so you backed it's like a kickstarter i uh, no, sorry i bought it i it was oh, on uh drive through rpg so yeah Drive-thru but i bought a i bought a print copy of it and it arrived because it'd be cool ago. if you put in there like uh pay what you want but if i make this much i'm gonna actually buy an artist to redo all the art in the book yeah <laughs> so you could say like hey i get it you, you only want to pay a dollar for this stuff that's cool but if you want to fund something really cool put ten dollars in there and maybe yeah. if i get enough of those i can have a, an artist come through and redo all the art you know there's some That'd uh be fun there's some dm skilled authors that are doing something similar yeah okay, where that's cool. uh specifically it's like here are uh i don't know here are like 10 subclasses mm-hmm. but if if we sell like over a hundred, I'll add three more. And if we oh. sell over a thousand, I'll add three more. So the incentive yeah. is, is for your customers to go out mm-hmm. and be like, hey, if you buy this, we might be able to get more. And then everybody's PDFs get updated. Which yeah, is kind so of you a- spread the word, yeah. maybe you put in a little bit more than you have to, but it's still pay what you want. Yeah. So you don't have to break the bank if you don't need to. I yeah. like that idea. That's a good idea, actually. Um, And actually this isn't in our notes, but I should we should talk about it. Uh. The DMs Guild had that announcement where they were looking for people to um, partner with. Do you remember that? Like we talked mm-hmm. about it and there was like a, a Google forum and you like go and fill it out and you could be like a, a promoter of DMs Guild content. What was it called? Now I feel dumb. I'd have to go back and look. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not recalling that. I have an email. Somebody in chat will have it, I'm sure. Oh, I know. But uh, um, while he's looking it up, don't forget December 7th is when you can pick up Strixhaven in your stores. DM Skilled Heralds. Do you remember this? Oh. No. Did you talk to Lex or somebody about no, it? No, no. It was on the show. I'm pretty <laughs> sure we talked about it on the show. So it's called DM Skilled Heralds. And what they do is they're doing a trial program of uh, you could apply. And it's just like, hey, what we're going to do is we're going to increase your affiliate percentage. And we're going to give you like a coupon code. And and that is to encourage you. Uh, yeah, Ted mentioned it on his show. Thank you, Steve. Um, and that was to encourage you to go and promote more DM skilled stuff. Oh, and okay. I remember we were talking about it. And we were kind of like, I don't know. If I'm like on the fence because uh, the DM skilled is kind of like, I don't like that that the author doesn't retain any of it, but it's also kind of cool to get paid and like, where can you go? Mm-hmm. But the DM skilled is also very confusing yeah. um, because there's so much stuff put out there and I don't want to sound mean to any of the people that have sent me stuff, but I get sent a lot of stuff because of the YouTube channel and not all of it is good. And that's why I always say like, okay. I only really review things that I, I think I would buy. Um, And sometimes I review things that I'm like, this is just cool. But for the most part, I get sent these things and I'm like, I don't need that, you know, or, and it's not (laughs) that it's like poorly done. It's just kind of, you're, you're not, you're not filling a niche. I don't think anybody needs. Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, with this DMs Guild Herald program, you're supposed to be able to have a direct connection with the DMs Guild. And then they will recommend things based on like their review system so that, you can kind of bypass that. You're not being like sent thousands of PDFs and Jordan would have to sift through them. So long story short, yes, I applied and I got in. <laughs> oh, nice. So I am one of the 12 uh, DMs Guild Heralds. Um, wow. If you use the coupon code Harold Jorfton 5 
It's good for 5% off Crazy. $5 digital community created content on the You Dunes are like Guild. Galactus. He has heralds uh, to go yes. out and pick worlds to eat. Where is my Silver Surfer? <laughs> yes, I'm your Silver Surfer. There you go. <laughs> Very um, cool. So I, I don't that. I don't know who all like entered or whatever, but uh, I I put I, I threw my name in the hat because I was curious and I've done DMs Guild stuff in the past and it kind of made sense. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see. Um, what I really need is another like super big Keith Baker thing to come out so that I have a reason to make something. But they're they're yeah. sending me a few PDFs to be like, what are you interested in? And I'm working on a video after I get through this weekend about uh, introducing myself on the as a DMs Guild Herald and uh, basically like oh. here are PDFs that I recommend. So there you go. Very cool. Could be fun. That's my story. Sorry. That's a great story. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that I have to go out to the DMs Guild. Very yeah. cool. You have to start signing up because a lot of the other game companies are starting to do that too. Pathfinder talked about their new. Oh yeah, they um, they're they're partnering Monty with. Quick was uh, talking about their. It's doing the same company, right? The the drive through so. RPG DMs Guild company, whatever that is, yeah. Book Press or something. So. Yeah. So some of those other ones are trying to allow their community to create stuff, and then everybody gets a split. And yeah. That's super cool. I like that. Yeah, it's, I don't know, it's kind of a, I just get sad that you can't publish it anywhere else. So if I make something for the DMs Guild, I can't publish it anywhere else. But the DMs Guild gives you all of that Forgotten Realms information. In a lot of things, they give you art. And art. so uh, I, I w I've been listening, that podcast that uh, our guest last week recommended about mm -hmm. uh Keith Baker talking about like the origins of Eberron. I've been listening to that. Yeah. And because it's very good. And he, Keith Baker was saying, like, I really can't wait and I hope that they, that Wizards of the Coast opens Eberron up on the DMs Guild because then I can make content for it. So this yeah. podcast is like five years old or something, <laughs> like way old, because now we have all, all kinds of Eberron content. But from Keith Back Baker's then. perspective, he's like, I can't, I can't make new Eberron content and get paid for it because Wizards owns it. So this is a way for him to actually do that. And he loves Eberron. And so he, he went through. Mm -hmm. um, and I thought, that, I was like, okay, that's kind of cool. So if you really love the realms, if you really love Ravenloft, if you really love all of these like settings that you can't actually, like I can't make a, um, a, a, for, a detailed Forgotten Realms game and, right. and sell it, utilizing the dm skill you can and so that's that's the appeal of it uh but i still think if i was going to make something i want to like leave it somewhat system neutral like our <laughs> our uh our cliff one yeah like we could easily set that in the realms and do all this other stuff but it's like mm -hmm. no it doesn't have to be like no. it's kind of cool on its own so yeah. i don't know but yes, for sure we need to do a uh hashtag uh you know free free keith baker <laughs> let him let him you know produce as much eberron why stifle him creating eberron content they should they should have a clause for him to say he should be able to create eberron content yeah. with any company out there that he wants to make a deal with you know they don't have to give that same deal to everybody else maybe everybody else can't just jump on that but why not let keith do it i don't know i mean they're, they're making that, tons of money that was a, that was money. a wizard's hasbro yeah, uh, well, I get it. It's a contest. It's a um, no, no, no. Not even it. just the contest, but like, uh, I I think TSR was a very different company from 
yeah. Wizards of the Coast. And uh, you'll you'll notice that they've they've never put the artificer out there because it's like, well, we Wizards of the Coast created the artificer. We're gonna hold on to that. Whereas like all the other TSR stuff, they were like, oh, okay, you know, we'll uh, so. Yeah. But they That's they very specifically are company. yeah they're hot they're <laughs> mm, they're just holding yeah. on to that yeah yeah like, we're not as, letting you build He Man buddy yeah. you don't get He Man this is Hasbro <laughs> or I don't know if they have He Man or not but they they're serious about their IPs because they develop them then they have build the cartoons and the lores around yeah. them build the toys to sell them and they don't want nobody coming in and taking any of that chunk of money <laughs> yeah but free Keith Baker free Keith. Because oh I still listen to he puts out great tweets. He does a big blog about stuff he's developing in the system. Still, he yeah. talks about his games he runs. He runs his games in Eberron, so he loves that world. He's in it still to this day. Still puts content out for people to to check out. You know, From a world design standpoint, shackle that guy. Um, yeah, <laughs> you're right. You're like you're 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 not providing us, or you're not allowing. <laughs> the yeah. creative master to yeah, create let that genius go <laughs> yeah um no it's a really interesting podcast to listen to because he talks a lot about and they and i guess this is only in like the first couple episodes but they compare eberron to the forgotten realms a lot because yeah, the the, the forgotten true. realms was kind of like the baby that they had and they evolved it and got better and things but yeah the realms like they wanted the novels to tie into the realms and they wanted to have this uh, living Forgotten Realms that evolved over time. And Keith was saying in the podcast, he's like, he really fought that. He's like, no, like we can have novels, but they are not canonical in any way. Like we can have, uh, you can play in the future, you can play in the past, but like there is no timeline that we're like, this is the current timeline of Eberron. It's always two years after the war. Like, <laughs> but if you want to change that, you can. But like, when we make content for Eberron, it's always two years after the war. And uh, he said he fought tooth and nail, and he's really happy because they have like Wizards of the Coast has honored that in mm -hmm. a not contractual obligation after third edition, I guess. They've mm -hmm. always kind of been like, okay, like yeah. Well, and so he's like, I'm really happy that they do that. Uh, because he thinks it helps Eberron, and I do too. Now that I like, he kind of put it into perspective. Like all the problems that people have with the realms mm -hmm. um, is because of like, oh, well, this happened, or like, I don't know, I read this book, and that shouldn't be there anymore. And it's like, oh yeah, no, no, no. like, like yeah. And now I kind of want to read one of Keith's novels set in Eberron so because everything he creates, he says, is a way for you to uh, yeah. it, get inspired and run your own game. Whereas Forgotten Realms is not about being inspired. It's about, like, this is such a cool setting. We should play a game here. But there's no DM that's like, wow, I wish I told that story. I don't know. Like, <laughs> Yeah. So so he's, he's really advocating then. His campaign is more about a place and time campaign than it is about a place campaign. Yeah. What, so and maybe. the time is probably even more important. Like, the two years after the war that's the the most important part of eberron is that it's two years after that war mm -hmm. so it's a t it, the time period is the most important thing for that campaign and normally we just don't because think of it's like campaigns the, that way yeah it's it's the yeah, kettle. we don't think of it that yeah way. it's the it's the the boiling kettle i guess like i yeah. don't know or or uh the idea that something interesting just happened what do you want to mm -hmm. do and mm -hmm. and the unknown you know whereas like if we said 
um, if we did the Forgotten Realms, but you were like, okay, it's, it's, I don't know, 50 years after the Spell Plague. So uh, the Spell Plague is done. There are people that lived through it. There are people that are changed by it. Let's, mm -hmm. let's explore that moment, that world. But we don't do that. We don't even talk about the Spell Plague anymore. So, mm -mm. yeah. Well, we never know where you're... Well, in the current... I mean, we do have a year for the current modules, right? They usually tell us it's, it's DR it's, uh, 15 something. Yeah, it's wishy-washy, but they're but in it's, there. Yeah, so. it's, not, a, it's yeah. not like nailed I found down, a blog though. post that talked about, um, yeah. here's the canonical order of the 5e Forgotten Realms adventures. Yeah, I'm trying to think so. of like an analogy is like the, the kid's sandbox is how most of us create campaign worlds. And you get to go play in the kid's sandbox. But Keith said, I'm not building a sandbox. I'm building recess at two o'clock. And that's what my campaign world is about. It's about recess at two. <laughs> Whereas all of ours is about the, the sandbox itself, no matter when, how it got there, before it was there, after it's there, during it's there, we're building a place. He's building a point in time. That's just a different concept of building a campaign yeah. world. I think that's cool. Uh, I never realized that. And this leads us into Lucian's gonna run a new game. It's called Recess. Yes. Um, he's really excited about it. Yes. Uh, this is all, no. <laughs> well, yeah, well, that, that actually does, I I have some huge ideas right now. You've been seeing them in our chat. Because <laughs> I keep coming up with these cool ideas that I want to run. I got to run something here gotta soon. Run. It's got to, it's got to happen. So I might be, I might be putting some feelers out to our fans <gasps> to see if I could find a couple of players that are you know maybe want to play in a campaign that um of heroes because i only run campaigns of heroes um to play out some of these ideas you know yeah mini campaigns to try some ideas out test some of the things we've talked about um and play around with because i've been just been getting so many cliff cliff uh, that's one cliff. of them for sure i want to i want to iron everyone that out in chat chant with me cliff no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah we're still trying to name that but yes <laughs> uh I no. think of it as World's Edge is what I keep thinking. World's of Edge is. is pretty good. World's Edge, World's was End, mine. but that's the, then you World's get that End. Edgar Wright movie. I don't know. So. Yeah. Um. There was a D and D act. Oh, sorry. We got two D and D actual plays. Uh, I don't know if you saw Battle for Beyond, um, which is not. D and D Beyond's actual play. Uh, it was pre-recorded, much like uh, 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 Critical Role. Now, I guess they pre-record everything. They don't do it live anymore. Um, and I, I'm pretty sure oh. this was pre-recorded as well because it had a lot of intros and stuff. Uh, and then they, they do a premiere on YouTube and Twitch where they stream it, you know. Um, but Battle for Beyond, D&D Beyond decided to, uh, rather than just promoting Critical Role anymore, they're like, oh, there's money in this. So they went and found a whole... <laughs> uh, but I think the main star for everybody is the is Abria, is in it? And she was the oh, one nice. who ran the Critical Role... Um, side quest thing that yeah, the short, yeah the short the short campaign the short campaign during the break yeah yep. xandria unlimited i think so uh abria's in it and a bunch of other funny people uh there's a, a guy that was he did a lot of this he he ran a lot of stuff for another rpg company and i think he's okay. a player now but he was a dm so uh i i have not watched it but <laughs> uh, it was a big thing, and it was aired last night, and I got a lot of advertisements for it when I was uh, trying to play Magic the Gathering. And I'm like, what is aired, this? Aired where? Huh? Aired where? On YouTube. Yeah. Oh, on YouTube. Yeah. Okay. 
Okay. So. Well, the note says aired on television. No, no. Uh, that is later. So. Oh. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> so Battle for Beyond is down here. I need you to. I need you to focus. That's there Battle for it Beyond. is. Yes. Uh, but the other cool thing is they're going to do a D and D actual play. G four is doing this. The television. Oh, okay. G four. That makes sense. Um. So G four is doing an actual play, but the the weird concept is that it's not. It's not where D&D fans are currently watching D&D. No. So it's not a podcast. It's not a, a, a Twitch show. It's not a YouTube. It's not whatever. This is going to be aired live on television with a bunch of comedians and actors. Hmm. Um, and I thought that was interesting. I think it yeah. will also be on Twitch and YouTube because they're not yeah, dumb. Probably. But like for and, – and I don't think that there's, you know – uh, a bunch of people check it out, you know, G4, like... Well, they're, I think they're trying to revive it. It's like they a rebirth are, yeah. of that channel because it went away, it was gone. Yeah. But they've done award shows. They've really tried and they've to really do... they've really partnered with uh, Wizards because yeah, they're... A gaming Wizards' channel. last thing was, like, sponsored by G4, yeah. their last... And there were some uh, yeah. good shows on the original G4 stuff, Attack of the Show and all that stuff. No, I love that stuff <laughs> from a gaming perspective, not from, like... You know they're they're putting out Game of Thrones episodes or yeah. you know something like that or Netflix, but from the from them doing gaming news or keeping track of all of the conventions that are going on out there, or all of the I always like that that channel. So, so I could see a, I could see a television channel. But that's so they're, how they're far own, we've come with D and D. Yeah, they have a channel. Is the point <laughs> I wanted to talk about is like yeah, that's not some weird internet show that somebody's doing in their basement. You know, critical. Critical Role is their own thing. Voice cracked. Critical Role is their own thing. But yeah. uh, this is on television. How crazy. But I guess yeah, yeah. Well, uh, Critical we Role shouldn't be that. professional studio. Yeah. Well, they are. But <laughs> uh, I asked, I shouldn't be this surprised because Critical Role's first season three, episode one was in theaters. Yeah. So that's even like a little bigger than television in my view. But yeah. I yeah. Yeah. They've definitely branched out because they do live shows. They do scheduled shows. They do indie shows they do big production shows you know it's just like it's everywhere now at this point but it was so. funny about this actual play on television because yeah who has tv anymore like i don't i, I do stream not. everything all yeah so. all i watch is netflix Hulu, yeah so i'm like <laughs> even HBO. though you're like g4 is like we're back i'm like i don't intend to buy a 80 dollar cable package to watch you mm -hmm. i'm sorry <laughs> so well speaking of critical role did you watch the last couple of episodes i haven't seen any episodes of season three, you should yeah. actually watch a couple of them. I They're actually pretty I good. I really I like it more as a podcast. Um, yeah. and I I should just put it on while I'm at work and listen to it. But yeah, but there are a couple of good moments, like in this last episode or before Thursday night, the one just before that, um, right towards the end, Matt describes a scene that has everybody at the table's facial expressions are just classic like they are just <laughs> they are riveted they had no idea they're in shock what he's mm -hmm. explaining to them um because you know s sometimes you get sucked into the moment right yeah. and and you can tell even though they're actors they just got sucked into the moment they had no idea and he, it's like he hit him in the forehead with a hammer <laughs> and then this then they start up this next thursday and i won't spoil it for anybody that hasn't seen it yet but it's it's a really cool trope that he used and that one of his players had kind of worked together to make and it it's a cool moment. So it's definitely one of those, if you're gonna watch an episode, go back and watch, I think it's three and four or is it two and three out of the 
have to look it up which one it is but it's pretty start good. from the beginning and when you get it, there you'll know yeah it's it's actually been pretty fun um i'm having trouble trying to like stay up late and listening to it i'm having to wa- listen to it again on mondays or whatever when yeah. they re-release it but um i'm intrigued so far I, I i didn't stick too long with the last one yeah um i jumped all over the first one um this one i'm kind of lukewarm but i'm just kind of so far still with it and it's only i feel like uh five. I really liked the characters in mm-hmm. uh, season two. And maybe that's just because season two is coming out when it was like a lot bigger. And I never mm-hmm. really got into the, the Vox Machina crew other than the barbarian that was played by Travis. I thought yeah, was really God, funny. Was great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but the rest of them, I'm like, I don't really know, but like, I really, you know, we had the weird goblin that was a halfling and we mm-hmm. had like, they had really unique characters and Jester was just hilarious and I, and yeah. maybe it's also because of Ginny d that mm-hmm. jester was just escalated to like super stardom i feel but i don't know uh that being said these characters in third or in the season three also look really memorable and fantastic and it's only been a little bit of time but it's yeah. one of those things where i'm like they're i don't know you, i guess it's when you get good voice actors and stuff they just know how to build a character well and, and, so. and the addition of the new cast member actually has has worked out really well too oh cool <clears throat> it's been really good to have damien on there nice. um he he adds a dynamic of i'm a new player but I'm also a voice actor and I'm getting into it. So he still gets surprised by things. I think that's what I think will sell that show a lot is that when the beholder gets described to him, he's probably never heard of yeah, what the beholder Yeah, he's just like, well, that's kind of cool. And everyone right? else is like. <laughs> yeah, and they're just like, and he's just like. So I think sometimes we're there to see those kinds of moments. Yeah. Um, and you don't get that after three seasons of the characters that are veteran characters, yeah. although they're great and they do good stuff. But you still want to see that surprise and that wonder of what are you describing? It yeah. has tentacles and eyes <laughs> and it's floating. What What is it doing? And then all of a sudden an eye beam hits you or something. It's just like, what? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I always think about uh, this was a running joke at one of my tables where we, we would say council of liches. And then the veteran players are just like, a, a council? Like, do, do you mean witches? And we're like, no, no, he said liches. What, yeah. what? And everyone's like, can you have a council? How many is a council? And everyone freaks out. But the, the new player's just like, is that bad? Like, what yeah. is that? <laughs> like, <laughs> so, yeah, what's funny. a lich even? We were talking about this. talk about that. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. What? No, this, this critical role has been really good. It's kind of yeah. been fun. And I like the location they're in. A jungle city described as a really cool... Lots of trolley tram things moving from big spires. Oh, that's to big fun. Spires and it's all tiered as it's built up on these um, big like I think of them in my head as like the big stone um, fingers that you see like out in um, I don't know out in the middle of the Fiji or something. Out you know how they just have those big rocks that rise up out of the water like basalt and they're just yeah they're yeah. just huge and, and you know made by crazy um tectonic movements and then now build city around all of those and connect them with walkways and tram lines and things i just thought oh it's such a cool that's idea. way cool um so it's been i think it's been really cool um not to spoil but a character died in the third so we get to see a character transition which is cool i always like to see if a character dies and then if what they're going to bring back so that's cool oh interesting um, and in and it tied in a little bit because in my campaign, some characters died. 
<laughs> but we'll get to that later. I can't. I can't <laughs> gasp anymore. No. Uh, I'm gonna faint. Um, Cobalt Press. We were just talking about before the stream started how much we like Cobalt Press and that they're doing really yes. good stuff. And they got a book called Vault of Magic that came out, mm-hmm. and I didn't care about the Kickstarter, but once it came out and people were talking about it, it's probably one of the coolest books and I definitely bought it and it's on its way to my house. Um, But it's just magic items. Mm -hmm. Uh, But what is really unique about it, what I wanted to bring to the table is that apparently in the very back, just like the DMG has those random tables to roll on, this book has those same tables that incorporates the DMG items as well as all of these items from Vault of Magic. So if you really want to surprise your players about what's in that uh, yeah, dragon horde, 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 like treasure rolls, that's what you need. And I thought that was really cool. So you can really get some unique magic items. Uh, yeah. You can flip through it. I, I I don't know. It's it's. I was looking at the PDF. It's really it's intimidating how many magic items are in here. But mm-hmm. I really love the idea of random magic items because. Yep. Players don't necessarily like you can cater things to certain players and that's fun and fine. But mm-hmm. when you roll randomly and the player's like, what sword is this? Like that's <laughs> memorable for me. So yeah. my little trick with that had always been to let them roll at the end the different numbers. So like I would pick a player and say, okay, roll me, you know, give me a percentile roll. Give me a D6. All right, this is how much platinum was in that pile. And they'd be like, all right, magic item time. Who's going to roll? Yeah. Chart G, here we go. And somebody get to roll. I'm like, it's this, you know? And like, So they're kind of invested in the in the Vegas-like style of getting yeah. to roll. And then I'm going through the chart going, oh, it's a wand of magic missile, you know, or wand of fireballs yeah. or whatever it No, I, I did that, and it was funny because everybody rolled a magic potion. And they were all kind of sad, except the fighter rolled uh, some magical sword that he could take the bonuses of the attack and apply it to his armor. So it's a plus three longsword, but he could make it a plus oh, nice. one longsword and give himself a, a plus bonus two plus two AC. And everyone else is like, I got a potion that lets me breathe underwater. And he's got like a <laughs> yeah. magic sword. And I was like, eh, that's the breaks. Hey, you I, rolled yeah. it. Wasn't you me. rolled it. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> yeah, Sorry. I love that. Um, too funny. I love that. What is the no one shot? What is this? Yeah, so there's no one shot kill in 5e. You can't just walk up and take your sword and stab it through somebody's head in 5e and just kill them. Your sword only does... 1d6 damage or 1d8 plus your strength so if you walk up to anybody that's you know above level like a one coup de gras or whatever where yeah just there's like, just okay. no there's just no you know i just stab you in the back yeah i guess you're right i don't know now magic you'll have you know you can have one shot of magic can kill you or well anything that does damage up to your hit point or double your hit points right yeah like yeah so and by the time you're like second or third you're past the threshold where you know, somebody just kind of slowly sticks a dagger into your heart and you're dead. Yeah. There's no chance for a dagger to kill you, even if it's sticking in your heart in 5e. And I always thought that was interesting that they moved to that. And I always thought, well, what do you think about that? Does that make D&D 5e less deadly? So it's because, like, if we start talking about DCC, 
you uh, you very well could go and stick a dagger into somebody's heart and they could die right away probably <laughs> yeah the i mean if you want to think work, about it the rules the are the same in but, some ways but uh but i don't know if there's like i'd have to go look at dcc but it made me think of i've been reading a lot about game design and uh an, an idea within like a tabletop gaming community is that you always kind of have the same health so mm-hmm. a level one to level 20 you have like 10 health eight to 10 health but level one you're really easy to hit and level 20 you're not and so how do you how do you do that on a hit or miss system like a die roll so it's kind of like okay let's roll dice oh you missed me and then if you keep the same hit points but you evolve like better tactics how hard it is to get hit do you have a separate pool of hit points to gamify (laughs) how hard you are to hit you know uh but i i kind of now that you bring this up i kind of like the idea of having the same amount of hit points because it's like well we're all human you know yeah so well it was relevant because when i was watching the 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 critical role scene and we've talked about the show is always gonna have spoilers anyways but there was a cool moment where i was thinking like as a dungeon master there might be a cool moment where um you want to for dramatic effect have the super strong bad guy walk up punch his fist through somebody pull out the beating heart yeah and that that character's done, right? Mm-hmm. Whoever that is, or that player, or that NPC, or whatever. But if you try to follow the rules, you would have to roll, and potentially, just because you rolled a one or something on the yeah. dice, the Strahd would miss ripping the heart out of the person in front of them. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So unless I guess you said I give myself advantage for this reason, or I, or you start to gamify why you could do it. But I just thought. So you don't get those knife edge moments, the turn on the dime of, oh my God, what just happened? Because usually damage is being tacked on, tacked on, tacked on. You can see the end coming. Now, magic can make that a little bit different because there are some magic spells that are hit hard enough that it's like you get hit once and you're down. So that definitely works. But I'm just thinking the melee part of it. The You know, if I have a big giant two-handed sword, there's never a point through third level all the way up to 20th level that you're afraid of getting hit by the two-handed sword anymore unless you get hit like four or five times right and but you're not afraid of the one big cleave hitting you in the head and splitting you in half yeah after third level i think this makes me think of two things one of them is uh losing appendages in D &D. Mm -hmm. like that is also not something yeah. that you're scared of in Dungeons and Dragons no, is losing an appendage because it's like, oh, he this huge sword comes down and it's like, I didn't I didn't lose my arm. Even though there's certain classes that have like regrow appendages and stuff, mm-hmm. I kind of wish that it was more prevalent in uh, 5e. Um, that being said, DCC, it is very prevalent because yes. you roll on a fumble chart or somebody roll and a monster rolls yeah. on a crit chart and you could very easily lose that and then your walking speed or you can only take one action rather than two because you only have one hand yeah um it's also in warhammer fantasy role play because they have the exploding damage dice right so everything's a d6 when you're rolling damage and just how many d6s do you get but in that game if you roll a six you pick that dice up and you roll again and you add it if you get another d6 you pick it up and you roll it again so that to me allows the orc with the big axe it still is random but the potential is there that all of a sudden I roll four or five sixes 
and your third level character split in half by that ordered axe. You know, it's just interesting. Like, it's done, <laughs> but they don't have that in five E. So I thought, and the reason I think it was relevant also is that in Critical Role, Matt wanted to describe a scene of a very capable assassin-like character walking up to a player and devastating that player basically in one shot like could happen like you know if you have a a true assassin catches you unawares you turn around just as the sword is popping you right into your heart that's game over at that point right that should be game over but you can't you can't dice that out there's you would have to roll to hit them you have to roll to do the damage if you're going to use the rules you couldn't just yeah i mean happen it always comes back to i guess if i wanted to do that then I, the DM, would say, because you were off guard and because yeah, you were I this and this, I'm doing an extra plus 25 <laughs> points of damage yeah. to this D4 I'm about Automatic to roll. crit hit. Yeah. You know, you're, you're finding um, rules that give you but, the damage to But it. in the end of the day, like, I guess it's, why why don't you do that as a dungeon master? You know? Yeah. Like, I guess your player <laughs> might be a little upset that you're not following the rules, but, at the, but it's like, yeah. did it get a really cool point across? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, DM Nathan, I didn't like my character and uh, the the monk that I was playing, and he, I said, hey, maybe we can like phase it out for this other character, and he's like, I got this you. This is the don't instance worry. I was. This is exactly what I'm talking about. Keep going. Yeah. Oh no, and yeah, and he did. He he like my guy ran up to go attack, and he said the monster took me and like uh, skewered me on the the metal spikes that he had coming off of his body, and I was just yeah. dead. Yeah. And and everyone Done. there was like, are. are did what? you know about this? Like, can we heal him? And I'm like, I don't know. I guess you can try, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. but. So I just thought that was interesting. Um, and it it became relevant because of Critical Role. I was watching it. But then it also became relevant in my campaign. And so when we get back to it, I'm going to bring it back. No, I'll no, let's talk about now. Like, we only cool. got 50 minutes. Well, Go. uh, oh, yeah, we're, we're getting there. So Dungeon of the Mad Mage, spoilers, because we've always talked about spoilers with Dungeon of the Mad Mage. We're down on, like, level 9 or 10 at this point, And we're in the crazy magic weird school and we're messing around strix and we haven't light the, the yeah, south yeah. strix yeah yeah it's like um yeah definitely like a darker rated r version oh, okay. of strix it's, it's pretty yeah, bad yeah. okay yeah, yeah uh so we walked through these statues in a hallway that were definitely reminiscent of um never-ending story but when we walk through them apparently the mechanic is for our australian dungeon master in, in the book is that you roll and most of the time you're gonna get like they, I think they either tell you a joke or they say they insult you or something. So the statues kind of talk to you or something as you go through them and it's no big deal. So we go up, we check a door, do some stuff and we're like, okay, we're done there. We're gonna go back. But what we didn't realize is one of the options on the roll is that those statues cast power word kill. So there's a very, 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 very small chance you get that and there's a big chance you get all this other funny stuff that doesn't you wouldn't even think twice about. All of us walked through there. All of us got funny insults or whatever. On the way back, Danimal rolled four times in a row, power wield killed, and three killed three of the characters. What? Three of the yeah. players? The three player of the characters? players. Yeah. And then I walk through, and I have 107 hit points at this point in my character. And power will kill can only kill you if you have less than 100 points. Oh. So I walked through and I, I, I made it. I didn't actually, the, the spell didn't work. But it could have killed me had I been damaged enough or had some damage on me, not being a fighter arcane archer. But it was funny that he rolled it the three times. And we had scrolls and we had magic. And 
it turned it into something that wasn't as big a deal but it was that moment of one thing happens one dice roll happens and boom you're just dead yeah there's just there's no other role there you know there's no there was no you know um i don't think he made a constitution saving throw i don't think he did anything it was just a it was just dead so as i thought it made me think how powerful magic is but yet we don't make melee fighting or weapon fighting as deadly as that is when it really should be like somebody waving a huge metal sword in your face should be just as deadly as somebody casting power word kill on you because if that sword hits you in the face you're done (laughs) at any point in in that fight yeah Um, and that's where i think if you had uh maybe crit tables of yeah of like losing an arm or Mm -hmm getting a a lung punctured or something you know like that would be yeah and then regular spells and things can't just heal those things maybe they can stop further damage at that point but you've got to go to some specialized thing somewhere create a ritual that's gonna regrow a limb or you know it has to be pretty hard to get that because if the if the players are walking around with spell slots that they can burn yeah. That's just like, oh, we'll just regrow that later. No, like, we'll if your halfling like, ah. gets stabbed by some kind of, like, specter ghost in the shoulder, yeah, I mean, you're going to use, like, King's Foot to try and slow it, but uh, ultimately you got to go to the elves because they're yeah. going to be able to extract <laughs> that poison. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah so I kind of wish there was more of that in the, in the f- in melee. 5e. And I think it's just this idea of just being a little bit more deadlier. But you do you know, think that would slow down the, the game? Edge to do that or i like we if we add crick tables and stuff it does yeah. like i love dungeon crawl classics that game chugs in combat sometimes <laughs> like looking up all the random tables and what's going True. on here and like i think yeah. that's why they got rid of them for sure oh but yeah i but think it, i like the idea of it i just i don't know like i wonder yeah. if you could just have like distribute cool points or something and so it's like okay i want to spend my cool point to do something cool but then the dm gets cool points to be able to spend against you or something Mm. i just i think i'm starting to lean more back towards having exploding damage dice oh okay so that you it's possible the dice can back up the opportunity for it to happen it'll still be a low chance because you're good at fighting and you have your shield and you know how to fight and you know how to dodge you know how to do all these things but it's still the danger is still there like right now the barbarian in our group he never has to worry about walking away and taking an attack of opportunity because no attack of opportunity is ever going to do 98 points of damage might have because of resistance you know he's not concentrating on physical attack yeah when in reality you still could have your spine snapped by something you know that's hitting you in the back or something so i just thought it was a weird disparity that i hadn't recognized or remembered or just called out that melee fighting level one it's super deadly and nobody wants to get in a fight that level one right and magic's deadly melee's deadly all of it's deadly but quickly after second or third level melee doesn't seem as deadly and it does good chunks of damage, but it doesn't do that big spike damage that just you know wipes a character out in one shot yeah. for the most part. I'm sure chat's probably saying, well, you could do this and that. And if you critted here and you did this assassination move with this class, but in general, the melee doesn't seem as dangerous as the magic does. So I just thought it was interesting and it made for an interesting game. And we had to revive, I think, I think we used uh, Revivify two times to bring up two of them. 
Um, I forget how we brought up the third one. Maybe we had a scroll to bring him up, or somebody cast. We have several casters. Something. Yeah. So we got all back up, and now we're we're moving along. But I just thought it was a funny kind of thing. And the dungeon master, which was funny, Danimal, he was shocked because he had rolled that number four times in a row. Yeah. To power word kill, you know, four of our characters. What row, a which was fun. That's that's a dungeon thing that I love because like you're like oh these these like you know cheeky statues are making fun of me and then you like go get your friend you're like hey check this out look at this it's so funny and they walk yeah, in yeah. and they're poof they're like <laughs> dust dead. and it's like what they're on the ground <laughs> like, yeah well i rolled there's a 10 percent chance so yeah too so funny pretty pretty funny i thought um so that was pretty good i'm every day that passes by i'm getting more and more of an itch to run some games to try out some things. So you've been talking a lot about getting... games though. What do you want to play? Or what do you want I want to play the cliff. I want to run okay. three players, maybe four players, but maybe just three. And I want to run them through that. I want to run um, a couple of those ideas. I've been typing in chat about some different ways of doing classes where we talked about, we were talking about a, a style of classes where you pick a archetype, which is basically an archetype of a class. And then you combine it with an element. Oh, me and you chat. In the archetype, yeah. Yeah, sorry. We we have our, our host chat. we have our <laughs> private host chat where we talk a lot. Uh, I thought you meant the chat in the thing, and I'm like, I don't remember oh. you posting this. But yeah, no, no we no. were talking about because um, that's the fun of like you know you choose a race in a class, but you were saying mm -hmm. like I kind of want to take like spellcaster an and, and and an element and maybe this and then combine it with yeah. an element to create these unique characters. Yeah. Yeah. So that way you could still have, like, well, an archetype would be fighter, right? Right. But I always like the idea that if we all pick fighters, we're kind of the same. And then it's our subclass and our race that would set us apart in D&D, &D, for example. Yeah. But in this system, I was thinking about, well, what if you took that a step further? And it was, we could have lots of fighters, but somebody who took a fire element and somebody who took the ice element and somebody who took the light element or the dark element would be very different fighters. They're fighters, but they have very different ways of fighting and doing things. And, and incorporating and, their fighter skills with their elemental yeah. skills and stuff, yeah. Right, and how that would make them very different. I just thought, oh, that would be such a fun way. And we were talking about, like, even just taking one of those examples, like where we took dragon, or we took um, fighter as the archetype and we took fire elemental, and you could turn that into, like, you could give it a cool name. So that's, like, the dragon warrior or the dragon fire, the dragon knight. And he has these As attacks that maybe gets a day. breath weapon and maybe he can put flame on his blade and you could do some cool stuff. But then when you when you came up against, you know, um, a warrior or a fighter archetype and the dark element, or I think I was going to use life and death element, you could have like a death knight or you could have like a, you know, some type of reaper mm -hmm. maybe could be the name of it. And they do different things with the death element it makes them fight in a different way maybe they're more, more mobile maybe they have things like um allow them to do like the teleporting around in shadows and yeah. stuff or maybe they get to add a little bit of necrotic damage to some of the things they do you know or or some type of so i just think it'd be cool yeah. as a way to be able to describe the differences between no them. and i and yeah and we were talking about that with uh 
almost choosing two classes. Like on odd yeah. levels, you would get fighter abilities, and on even yeah. levels, you would get fire abilities. Yeah. And then abilities. the fun is around level four, you figure out how to combine these. So I'm able to combine my level two and my level four ability to make that level four ability better or something, which yeah. would be like igniting your sword on fire. So, mm -hmm. uh, so my idea yeah. was is to run a game like this, but not explain it to the players at all <laughs> that'll go over not well right <laughs> so the idea is but but here's the premise of the game is okay. that they are playing people new to the game okay okay so they don't know about this stuff and they get a choice or i create a scenario that allows them to pick and so they get to this thing or they go through a trial and at the end of the trial it's explained to them hey you can pick an archetype based on the way you mm -hmm. got through the maze or the way you you went through the trial and here's you can choose these things. And then here's these elements you can choose from. Which ones do you choose? And when they tell me, then I say, okay, that makes you this. You are now, this is your class. Mm -hmm. And then only as they level up, do they get to know, I tell them what their next abilities are. And you're right. Maybe players aren't excited about playing something they don't know what's in the future. But in some ways, I think that would be pretty fun because in some ways that's like playing the computer games, right? You don't necessarily know, unless you go look it up, what your next ability might be. If you played World of Warcraft in the beginning and you just were ramping through it, all you were doing is leveling up and waiting to see what next ability you got. Yeah. Right. Avenge, you know, so well, there's a moment D &D in time. D&D can be like that too. Like there's lots yeah. of people that are like, do I get a new spell? Like, what do I do? Right. Like so they, that they don't was, know what you're getting. So yeah. that's the idea I was thinking about putting with the campaign gotcha. at the same time. And so you have this mystery of what the class you're going to play is and, and what you get when you advance and a cool world aspect, either using, you know, World's Edge or the Cliff or using, I've got a couple of other ideas. Like I wanted to do, um, you know, a, um, center of the earth kind of campaign. Mm. I want to do a couple of other ideas that I thought would be fun campaigns and kind of pair those two things together and see what the players thought of it after we played, you know, four or five, six different sessions and see if they were really getting into it or if they're like, no, it's, it was a cool idea. It's like, sounds good when you talk about it, but then when you try to play it, it's not as interesting, but those are some of the ones that I just want to experiment with. I want to experiment with taking some interesting ideas and surprising the players with them and see how they react, really. Let's do it. I'm I telling want, you. I want you to run a game. <laughs> do it up. I'm ready. I'm um, ready. Danimal had uh, the best name for our Cliff game. Cliffhaven Curriculum of Gravity. Okay. So, <laughs> I'm on board. Pretty good. Pretty good. <laughs> Cliffhaven. <laughs> I mean... Dead adventure writes student. itself. You're you're um, yeah. you're in a school, yep. on a cliff. It's a haven for you. Too fun. Danimals are our first first one. So what about you? You got a few minutes left. What kind of games you been running or? Yeah, I've been not running or wanting not to running. Run? Well, I've been busy with. Uh, let's see. We had we had Halloween, which is on mm -hmm. Sunday, and we had birthday, which was the week before Halloween, and so it had been. And then something happened. Uh, yeah, we had missed a couple of games in there, too. Yeah, like just uh, life, you know? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then um, I also, uh, I, I've been needed at home because uh, the wife is off doing some theater stuff. So I have been missing my, uh, my Nathan DM games. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm 
home on Thursdays, which is really, I mean, I like hanging out with my child. I'm not trying to say that, but I also <laughs> miss D&D. Um, <clears throat> so I started running Dungeon Crawl Classics, though, bef- like early October with the, uh, that group of people on Sundays. And we met again, finally. But it's like we had to do a lot of like, how do we play? Where were we? What's going on? Kind of a thing. And so a lot of the game was trying to figure out that. Uh, but they all level, leveled up by the end of it. And this is the first time that I've had, like, a level two game of Dungeon Crawl Classics. I've always ran oh, funnels zero level stuff, funnels right? or yeah, level yeah, yeah. one, and then we're done. Like, I, I truly believe that Dungeon Crawl Classics works really well as a one-shot kind of system. Yeah. But I wanted to explore the idea of playing it longer. Yeah, well, you've got a lot of drinks to take. There you go. <laughs> um, one of the fun things about level two is in the DCC annual, which was like extra rules that you could apply to Dutcher Call Classics. One of them mm-hmm. is uh, mustache magic. And, <laughs> okay, I saw this in the notes. And you get to roll a personality <laughs> check. And if you roll a 20 or higher on your personality check, which is very difficult to do when a lot of sure. people have like a plus one or a zero to their personality. Because they don't stat it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, then... Well, you don't even get to choose because you roll down the line with our... Our characters are really funny. So uh, you get mustaches. So And then you have whisker points that you can spend to activate weird mustache magic. Uh, They're very silly. Of the... How many players did we have? Like (laughs) six, I think. Uh, Three of them got mustaches. Got it? Oh my yeah. God. <laughs> and so uh, the other ones were really sad because they're like, I want a mustache. I'm like, I we think need a that's whole mustache the... campaign. Yeah, I was like, I think that's the fun of DCC is like, you you don't get it this time, but you might later on. I don't know. Yeah. So uh, I sent them a bunch of PDFs and they're going to ch- look over their mustache options. Uh, and then if, and then we're going to play tomorrow, but they're, they're going to have mustaches and be level two. And it's really exciting. And that is like the they need to cosplay it. So, oh yeah, they need yeah. to cosplay that. It's got to be, be really good. Got to grow now. Um, it's so funny though. So yeah, yeah. we're uh, exploring Hot Springs Island, having a good time. So it's always good to go back. Yeah. I think How do I'm you feel going about to going back again. I, what? How do you feel about going back now? I like, like you've it ran a lot. it before. Yeah, it was a cool campaign that had yeah. a lot of cool stories in it. Now you're going back. Different group, same group? Different group, yeah. So a different group. You get to see a different group yeah. try to tackle. And I, I, it reminded me of, like, you know, the, the well, the people that just play in the same setting, mm-hmm. like, you love that setting. And that's why you're yeah. playing in it. And I had a lot of fun with this. And you know it really well. And that's kind of how I feel about this. Uh, but groups are different. And so the first time I ran this, that group was all about exploration. And they were just like, I want to go what's over there. Like, what's over here? And the more I'm playing with these guys, I'm like, I think they need a little more, like, they need a goal. That's not just what's over that mountain. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to pre-roll some adventure stuff. And then uh, kind of, I'm going to craft a campaign, basically, using yeah. Hot Springs Island. <clears throat> and I think that they'll enjoy it more. And I think I'll get more out of it um, the second time around where I can kind yeah. of curate the game a little bit more. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love the type of players you had in your first game, the ones that are willing to go out and explore, because I want to run a sandbox, hex crawly. Yeah. I'm the world. You guys tell me where you want to go. But I always get the players that are looking for the quest line. Yeah. 
they're not looking to go over a hill. They're like, where did the DM put the quest line? So I keep getting that group of players, and I'm like, that's not the style I want. I want. I want. Yeah. Explorers. Sometimes I, I want... just want people to be like, I just want money. Yeah. Like, and you tell them they're like, well, there's money out there. Go find it. And then they're like, oh, yeah. okay, and they go out there. Uh, but these players are like, so why are we here? Like, yeah. What, What's the intrigue? Yeah. Yeah, and I'm just like, well, like, and then they'll be like, so my goal is to get off the island? And I'm like, well, yeah. So they start building a boat? And they're like, well, should I build a boat? Like, why would I go over there? So it's a lot of, and I I think they just need a little more direction. So I'm going to work that in. here. Should be fun. I'm telling you, I want to get, I want to run a game that has like you and Danimal and like maybe one or two other people that we pick. Maybe only just one other. Keep it nice and small on a night that you guys can all organize that we can all play together. And I want to, you know, I want to run like world's end with you guys. Like I would, I would yeah. love to see Cause you guys have thoughts on wh- cause that would show me what does it look like when people kind of know the premise and they're going to start thinking up cool things and they have cool characters. And I also want to run it where people have no idea about it. Like they've yeah. never heard it. They haven't had any prep. No, I think that's, and I want to yeah. run it that way and just to see it. So we got to come up with some point where you have a free I night. Want it. Dan yeah. has a free night. I have a free uh, night. I'm, I'm always, I could do that. Um, <laughs> right. As long as it's late is usually what it comes down to. So <laughs> Yeah, well, and if we're going to play with somebody in Australia, that probably works out. Or so. early. I could do really early. Um, yeah. uh, I had a thought, and it's gone now, but it had something to do with games. So there you go. Because I love the idea of throwing that, that weird class combo thing at you guys, too. Let you yeah. pick an archetype and an element, <clears throat> and then we could, or... What could be really fun about that idea is that we collaborate on what we think the abilities should be. Oh, yeah. Right? We talk it out and we discuss it. Like, oh, at this level, it'd be cool if my character kind of had this one mobility thing it could do. Or it'd be cool if I finally got this, I could do a breath weapon. Or it'd be cool if I could finally do this one thing at this level. No, when I was testing... That fits the theme. That's so good. When I was testing modular D6, that was really awesome because the players would be like... I, we were specifically talking about dual wielding and, mm-hmm. and I was like, well, I kind of think it should work like this. And then he straight up was just like, well, it would be more mechanic. fun if I could do this. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. And, <laughs> and that sounds more fun. Yeah. And I was restricting it for a reason. I don't know why. So then we yeah. changed it because he's like, it just kind of feels like I'm dual wielding then. And I'm like, okay. So yeah. Or the um, nine tail whip is what I always go back to. You're playing your cleric. We're playing in, uh, salt break which was the name yeah. of my my town and we and you got the nine-tailed whip that right. was the symbol of your, cleric that was the, fun. yeah and i'm just like that was so cool it was a cool way i want to get back to playing some stuff like that and and doing that so i'm ready to run we just got to schedule some stuff i don't know if it has to be streamed we could record it and not live put it, up it. On we could here. Do premiere yeah. it or just put it up and not be a necessarily a live thing but have some fun so maybe we think of a third player maybe us three come up with another third player that would fit that mold. I don't know if Ted okay. would have a night opener. I've got or um, anybody else. Also, I've got a couple of Nathan people on the um, on the DM. Patreons. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Is uh, Patreon. The, the Discord? There's a there's a couple people trying to organize a mothership one shot right now. Ooh. Um, which that's Very out, cool. and I backed it too. You should probably go out there and back. That. Yeah. Uh, but I. Uh, that made me think of just trying to encourage more of us to all play games, either with or without yeah. Lucian, with or without Jordan. But the idea is like, 
you know, a lot of those people are pretty. We're all we're all kind of good people for the most part. Yeah, we like all the talk ones to each that other are really annoying all the time. Yeah, <laughs> the ones that are really annoying in Discord have left. Like, not a yeah, lot of them stay because they're like bored. And I'm like, yeah, it's just cool people now. So yeah. Uh, all right, we should do it. All right, so keep that gotta, in mind. I gotta go clean my yard. I will uh, talk to you guys later. Buy a snowblower. Oh, yeah, it's snowing where you're at. Yeah, snowing you're in Kalamazoo. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for watching our Next our week. tangent show uh, where we just talked oh, about it. Let me get my one drink in. Pathfinder, <laughs> Lost Omens campaign setting is the book that's about to come out. It's also in December. Mm -hmm. So if you were a Pathfinder viewer waiting all this time, you're like, all they did was talk about D&D today. Your book in December will be Lost Omens, Absalon, The City of Lost Omens, and they're also putting out a book which is The Monsters of Myth. So two of those books are coming out. So there you go, Pathfinder crew. There's two books coming for you in December. Very exciting. I looked it up. <laughs> uh, we will be back next week, which is not Thanksgiving. Nope, but the week after. But the week be. after is. So we'll, we'll talk. We'll probably still do a show. I don't know how busy I'll be. but I'll be around. Okay. I'm not going nowhere. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>